You're listening to the Save the Date podcast, where we talk all things weddings, jewellery and romance. With love from Cullen Jewellery. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Save the Date podcast. I'm your host, Juliet. And I'm Sheridan. And this week we're discussing all things wedding florals. So sit back, relax, get yourself a nice coffee or tea and enjoy this episode. Okay, let's get straight into it and first talk about finding your perfect florist because I feel like this is a very common theme amongst all your vendors is finding someone who fits you and what you love and finding someone you click with. Same goes for your florist. Especially for your florist, your florals are a big focal point of your wedding day. They're something that lots of people will most likely remember. One of the first things that they'll see when they walk into your ceremony. So you want to make sure that the florist you choose will be able to match the vibe that you're wanting. And, you know, you need to be able to talk them through exactly what you're wanting for them to be able to execute Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And okay, so let's talk about where do you even start when you start booking (laughs) for a florist? And I suppose everyone naturally would go to Google. You could even go on Pinterest. And I suppose very first thing to do with florals as well as pretty much everything with your wedding, go find some inspo, narrow down what you like and what you don't like and start there. And then after you have a rough idea of the vibe you want to go for, that's when you can start Googling and looking for specific florists because it's going to be very hard to find a florist if you have absolutely no idea what you're looking for. Uh, With saying that though, I do understand some people who don't know much about flowers could find it hard to kind of narrow it down and you don't know what you want if you haven't looked at it before? Yeah, I think that you don't necessarily need to know, you know, oh, I want these flowers in particular and this greenery, but at least have kind of the vibe that you're wanting and especially like a colour palette. Yes, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, just, you know, fill your Pinterest board with a bunch of photos of the kind of colours that you like and going off what your colour palette is for your whole wedding. And at least if you have that, you've got a little bit of something in mind that you can go to a florist to or, you know, look around for a florist that has that similar vibe. Yeah. And I suppose when you're actually looking at florists themselves, one of the biggest things I would be looking at when you're deciding maybe different ones you want to approach is consistency in what they've produced in the past. Again, it's like, have they got similar examples of the vibe you're going for? And within that, are they consistently producing a product or bouquets that are really great and what you love? Because if it's a bit all over the place, maybe that florist is not the right fit for you. Because some florists are just, their specialty is creating some really kind of abstract different bunches for every different client. But if you want a very specific look about your florals, they might not be the right fit because they might go too abstract for you, etc. I mean, that's a very general <laughs> example. But yeah, definitely look for that consistency with maybe on their social media, you can have a look at photos or if they've got a bit of a, I guess, a gallery sort of book that you can look through. Um, definitely look through or look for consistency one of my biggest tips. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'd I'd also be asking a lot of questions. Again, same thing with all your other vendors. Ask as many questions as possible because this is going to, again, just avoid any nasty shocks in terms of price, design, literally 
everything. (laughs) You just want to ask a lot of questions and have it written down. And a specific thing you also want to be asking your florist about is if you're choosing to have some sort of vase or um, something to hold your flowers in or those big, what are they called, like pillar things? Those like that you can put on your, you can put flowers on them like pedestals. Some florists have the option for you to buy those and some florists have the option for you to rent those. So that's another thing that you kind of want to be asking questions about and um, making that decision early on because again, maybe they don't even have that service at all and then you might have to go outsource it somewhere else. So if you want a florist that really kind of does it all, something to take into consideration when you're picking your florist. Another consideration you want to take in is the setup of your flowers. Ask questions about this in the early stages because, again, if you want something really specific or if you want something quite grand, you want a ceiling piece, potentially not all florists could offer that or it could be out of their comfort zone and they might not be able to give you exactly what you want. You probably don't want to be taking any risks on a day like your wedding day especially when it comes to the setup of those florals. So yeah, again, just ask a lot of these kind of general questions at the beginning and you can get into the nitty gritty details later on. But yes, definitely something I'd be inquiring about early on. Yeah, I think overall you want to make sure that the florist you're going with has lots of examples of the kinds of things that you're wanting. So even if, say, yeah, you want like a hanging centrepiece, Maybe they haven't done it in your colours, but at least they've done it in a whole bunch of other colours that you can see a bit of a guide as to how it's going to look and you know that they can do it. Then, yeah, that's really important. You don't want to be going in blind. You don't want them to be going in blind trying to do something for the first time. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about spend and how much money (laughs) you want to put towards florals in your budget because they can be extremely pricey. They are very (laughs) expensive. I think if you know nothing about florals, it can be one of the biggest shocks Mm -hmm. when you go into wedding planning and start looking around just how much money it is for florals, especially for a wedding. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a general rule, I feel like 5 to 15% of your overall budget could be all towards florals, which is actually, I feel like it decent chunk. That's a decent chunk, yeah, 100%. The average spend for florals is could like a couple thousand, mm. I'd say, for which sounds ridiculous, yeah. but like that's and that's for on the cheaper side. Probably also for something pretty basic, like yeah. you wouldn't be getting any interest massive centerpieces and you know florals down the the aisles and everything mm. for that cost, you know, that's your pretty basic maybe a few florals around at your ceremony, maybe some centerpieces on your tables and your bouquets. Yeah. But nothing, I would say that that wouldn't go towards anything that's going to be, you know, really major statement. Yeah, because keep in mind, you're not just paying for the fresh flowers when it comes to florals, you're paying for their expertise for picking the right flowers to create a bunch that looks really cohesive and really pretty and you're paying for them to set up on the day. And it's all these little extra things, I suppose, that it's not just the flowers, but I guess I feel like in my mind with the flowers, what the biggest thing I suppose is spending that much is knowing that they'll die after a week. (laughs) When I think about like, oh my God, they're so expensive. I guess that's where I'm like, oh my God, is it worth it when it comes to flowers? Because you know that they will just die 
after yeah. a week or so. <laughs> but I suppose it does really make a big difference. It does, visually. yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the florals we had for my wedding, they did last a while, considering. I don't know if it's, you know, what they put in the water on the day or anything like that. But they they lasted a while. But yes, they do ultimately die (laughs) (laughs) after a while I mean if that's something that you are kind of really worried about there is always the option to go artificial Mm. but that's obviously quite expensive as well if you're wanting artificial flowers that look nice so yeah it kind of just you've got to weigh that up if you're wanting them to actually be real on the day and you're willing to let them die yeah. in a few days. And a lot of florists as well also have minimum spends. Yeah. So, like, they won't even look at you if you're not willing to spend a certain amount. So yeah. that's another thing to really keep in mind when you're going into or starting out on your florals is be prepared to be knocked back if you're not spending as much as the florist is willing to yeah, <laughs> take on. There's a lot of florists that you see on, you know, social media and their minimum spends are far above the average Yeah, in Australia. Like I've seen florists with minimum spends of upwards of $10,000. Yeah. So if you're wanting to do something a bit cheaper that is yeah closer to that average of $2,000, they're not even going to look at <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, you may actually struggle to find yeah. the perfect fit for you if yeah. that kind of... Yeah, it narrows it down just a little bit. Yeah, I guess something just to keep in mind, I guess it's all personal preference, how much you do want to spend on something like florals and what your overall budget is. It's also very personal. So, yeah, just things to just keep in mind and be aware of that, yeah, you don't fall over when they come back to you with a a minimum (laughs) spend of $10,000. And also one tip that or I was talking to another girl who is a current bride, she's currently planning her wedding, and she was saying that it's also not actually a bad idea to leave your florals to the very end with your budget and, like, still allowing for maybe a couple thousand for them, but going to the florist and being like, look, this is how much money I have left over, what can you do for me, rather than being like, I want this, how much does it cost? Because sometimes when you approach them and be like, look, I've got three $3,000 left in my budget, what can you do for me? They actually have a bit more wiggle room and they it kind of forces them to see what they can do. It's almost like a bit of a challenge for them, I feel like, <laughs> mentally. I don't know if this is actually true, but I feel like they're more willing to do as much as possible for you with that budget rather than being like, oh, no, the, that, that if you want that, it's this price. Yeah, and I think also if you go in with that mindset of, you know, I have this much money, what can we do? Yeah. You'll probably be impressed with how much they can do for that amount rather than going in with all of these photos of really elaborate designs, asking them how much it's going to cost and then they'll come back to you with an amount that maybe you weren't expecting. Yes, that's true actually because, yeah, I guess going to them with like I've got 3000 what can you do? It allows the florist to get creative with what they can do with that budget rather than, I suppose, locking them in to your ideas and being like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And they're like, sorry, no, we can't do that. Or it's (laughs) like, oh, no, that's like flat fee. That's like 6,000 at least sort of thing. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't go to them with some inspiration. You can still say, you know, I'm thinking of, oh, I need X amount of bouquets and 
this many buttonholes and whatever, but at least then, yeah, you get a little bit of creativity from them to see what they can produce for that amount. Yeah. And if you've got an open mind to what they they can come up with, they are ultimately the professionals. And if you've picked someone who you trust and is on the same vibe as you, I feel like you could really come up with something really, really beautiful, even if it is slightly different to what your original thoughts were. And you end up working within the budget that you have, which can be really, really great. All right, let's move on to um, what are your actual options when it comes to florals? So what are the florals that may be needed, I guess, (laughs) on your wedding day? Which I think the most obvious one is the bouquet for the bride, which I actually have a couple tips for you around this, which I came across, which I thought were really interesting and things that you may not think about on the day. So when you get the flowers delivered or specifically the bouquet, it will obviously most likely be in water to keep them fresh and alive. You want to be taking the bouquet out of the water at least 30 minutes before so it dries off a little bit because you don't want water droplets (laughs) down your dress when you're walking down the aisle. I would even say you could probably take it out more than 30 minutes before like if your florist is coming to the venue to set up two hours before the ceremony you could almost take it out then Then. or you know an hour before the ceremony and just lay it on a towel yeah just so it dries up a bit yeah you don't have yeah water droplets flowing down your dress yeah the last thing thing you want (laughs) you don't want a water stain (laughs) and then as well the other thing is actually where you hold the bouquet when you walk down the aisle and I feel like it's kind of natural to hold it closer up to your chest like that's your sort of like when you're holding the bouquet I feel like it's very natural to kind of hold it a little higher but in photos it looks the most natural holding it slightly lower yeah so you (laughs) want to hold it low down close to like your belly button if not lower and also remember to angle it out so you want the stem of the flowers to be touching your belly yeah rather than holding it up yeah and that results in the most natural looking and aesthetic yeah and also (laughs) that means that when you get your photos done you're actually going to be seeing the bouquet and not the stems love that next up we have buttonholes for i guess the main men so for the groom the father of the bride father of the groom we've also got corsages corsages did the bridesmaids wear those generally i think that's more for like mother of the bride mother of the groom bridesmaids would traditionally also have oh yes of course yeah yeah and then another one is that you might not think about is having a secondary bouquet for the bouquet toss oh interesting okay so if you're wanting to preserve your own bouquet yes yeah yeah and obviously your bouquet is generally the biggest of the bunch a lot of people get a secondary one for the bouquet toss just so that they're Mm. not throwing away their nice beautiful expensive <laughs> bridal the bouquet. Main one. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, actually. I like the yeah. idea of getting a second one because that can just be a small little one as well, like yeah. almost an extra like bridesmaid's bouquet in a way, yeah. just a little extra something. And then you've also got, if you have flower girls, you might have a bouquet for the flower girl or petals. If you're doing a petal toss or if you are having a flower girl that's dropping petals down the aisle, then... That is also an extra cost as well. Yeah. Yeah, The loose pedals. Organise all of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we move on to the ceremony, which I suppose ceremony and reception potentially go hand in hand. So if you want, obviously it's 
to do with the floral decor. So if you want at the ceremony, if you want some at the altar, um, if you want an arch that you're going to stand underneath, some people put them on the pews or on the floor of the aisle. At the reception, you've got your table pieces, other general floral decor. So yeah, let's talk about that because I feel like these are probably the pricier bunches of the lot. <laughs> yeah, well, they're generally the biggest. Yes. They're, the, they're the statement pieces that you know, people will remember or that'll come up in a lot of your photos, especially from, I guess, the ceremony. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the biggest and probably what comes into that, bringing that cost up quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. And I know some people do reuse their ceremony bunches for their reception, um, but I suppose something to keep in mind or even just ask questions about is the transportation of if you're going to reuse the florals from your ceremony to reception, who's in charge of the transport of those flowers? Because if you're leaving it up to the florist, potentially it could be quite a pricey transport fee where it may end up evening out in terms of if you just got extra bunches <laughs> for the reception. So yeah, definitely something to inquire about because everything, it's always going to be different based on each florist or maybe how far you're traveling between your ceremony and reception, all those little things come into play. So yeah, just definitely more so inquire about it because yeah, you may find that you basically break even and it's just worth getting new bunches for your reception <laughs> later on. So yeah, definitely want to be asking questions like that. A really great place to start when you are thinking about your floral decor is how many bunches you're going to need. So I guess this comes into um, or pulls into the reception. How many tables do you need to decorate or if you want to decorate the tables or if you just want to have some statement pieces up at the front at the ceremonial reception and kind of work back from there. I feel like when it comes to table florals, a good place to start with that is like maybe going one per table, even when it's like those really long tables. If you have like three long tables, usually they're a bunch of small tables lined up. So it's like you can still use that one bunch per table calculation. And then keep in mind as well, you can fill up tables and the rest of the room with stuff like candles and which like those you could potentially rent or you could buy them and then sell them later. So, yeah, you've got a few options. Yeah, and I think keep in mind as well, depending on how you're catering your wedding. So if you're doing, for example, share plates where there's going to be, you know, plates put in the middle of the table and everyone mm. can pick their own, you don't really need to take up as much space on the table as you think you might because everything's just going to get moved for those plates to go in anyway. So, yeah, just keep that in mind as well. How are you catering it? Do you actually need the full table to be kind of filled with decor or is it essentially just going to get moved and pushed out of the way to, yeah, you know, accommodate for food going in an hour later? Yeah, and even with, I guess, suppose the room in general, it's like, yeah, what other decorations are you going to have in the room? And like maybe it's going to be filled up by other decor pieces. Like I know you can use, I don't know what they're called, like those drapey sort of curtain things that people <laughs> something I don't know what they're called but yeah that's like another kind of very popular thing I see kind of on Pinterest um, as an alternative again the candles so yeah really again have a look what you love and what kind of vibe you want to go for but yeah don't feel boxed in to have flowers as your main decor for your wedding at the reception and at the ceremony too okay here's another tip as well coming back to the palette of your florals I know a lot of people 
typically go for, or I guess it's quite popular for people to go go more like a neutral and white colour palette when it comes to their florals. But a really good tip is to actually add in some either extra greenery or a flower that's got a really kind of muted colour tone. And that really just adds some depth and contrast to the bunch. And again, helps with the flowers not looking blown out in photos and just, yeah, again, kind of enhancing them a little bit because you're adding that extra depth and contrast with that extra colour and not just all white. But again, I feel like florists, they will kind of help you the most with that kind of stuff. Yeah, keep an open mind with colour palette. Yeah, your florist will be able to give you a lot of recommendations on what they think will look really, really great with the colours that you're choosing. And also it doesn't hurt to have a conversation then as well with like your photographer and potentially your videographer if you're having one, just to see, you know, if you say these are the flowers that we're thinking of going with, they might say, oh, look, they actually don't photograph very well. So Mm. if you are wanting them to look really great in photos, we've seen this work really well with that same colour palette. Now, something else to keep in mind when you're kind of deciding what you like and what you don't like, as well as probably this is probably more applies if you, if there's a, like a flower that you really specifically want, is that some flowers are seasonal. So keep that in mind. If you're really, if there's one flower that you absolutely love and must have, keep in mind, it's not a bad idea to, again, also speak to your florist first up and be like, make sure that they can actually get that flower for you on the date of your wedding. Um, because, yeah, some flowers are seasonal. So, yeah, yeah, important to keep in mind there. And also, if you are really specific about the kind of flowers that you're wanting, and especially if they are seasonal, they can kind of up the price as yes. well. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, you're wanting a specific flower and it is out of season, it doesn't necessarily mean your florist won't be able to get it, mm. but it will likely be more expensive for them to get that flower for you. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind as well. While we're on the point of cost, again, is delivery and installation fees. Keep in mind that it may be an extra cost or it probably will be an extra cost and that may not be included in their original quote. Yeah. So you might get quoted for the flowers themselves, but then also on top of that, there's delivery and installation. And also like a takedown fee as well. Mm. If your venue needs for everything to be out by a certain time or by the next morning, you may need to pay for your florist to come back in to break everything down and to take them away, especially if you've got those big kind of center pieces or statement pieces like a, an archway at the ceremony. Yeah. And on that same note, actually, it's another important question you want to be asking is um, setup and how much time the florist may need to set up what you want on the day. Because some venues have a very strict, like, I guess, entry policy, I would say. I'm not sure if that's what it's called. <laughs> but like, for example, let's say you've got this big grand ceiling piece that your florist needs a few hours or even like maybe the day before to come in and set that up. But the venue is very strict on, no, you can only be here like an hour before you have access to the room. That's an issue. So (laughs) definitely you need to coordinate a little bit potentially with your florist and with the venue itself and just make sure that, yeah, if you're after, again, something quite specific, if that requires a special setup, just make sure that it actually can be done and the florist will have access to your room uh, prior to the wedding with enough time to set up. 
Yeah, because that's common as well, especially if you're going to a venue that's, you know, say, for example, your wedding is at a winery. Some of them will still be open the day of the wedding for like a lunch. And so then they won't let you in or any of your vendors in until they've fully closed the venue for the day. So, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Ask your venue, make sure that it's going to work for your florist as well to be able to set everything up. Mm. So that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope that you learned something new about the florals and got some, you know, good tips and tricks to use when you are planning your wedding. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Save the Date podcast and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.